Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Before today's conversation, there's a group of Michigan men that I recently met that are working hard on a great cause, and I felt it was so important to pass on their great message. The Basketball Alumni Brotherhood, who once called the University of Michigan home, has joined the fight against ALS. Since 2019, they have been raising awareness and funds through their self-created nonprofit called Hoops Fight ALS. Inspired by former head coach Steve Fisher and his son Mark Fisher and Mark's continued battle with ALS, this basketball brotherhood puts on an annual golf outing in order to keep the brotherhood connected and raise awareness for research and support initiatives against this terrible disease. This organization is not affiliated with the university, the Michigan Athletic Department, nor the Michigan basketball program. This is coordinated and executed solely by several alumni members of Michigan basketball. To help support this unique alumni group and their charitable efforts, feel free to check them out at www.hoopsfightals.com where you can donate towards their 2022 fundraising efforts. Click on my show notes below. Again, that's www.hoopsfightals.com. Today, we are talking to Coach Hassan Nizam. This 27-year-old coach is simply known by his players and so many in the Michigan basketball scene as Coach Niz. And Coach Niz is currently the head coach at Macomb Community College. Coach Niz is fresh off leading his program for the first time in the program's history to an MCCAA state championship. And soon you're going to find out the energy and commitment that this young coach brings daily to the Macomb program is simply off the charts. A product of Dearborn Forts in high school, Coach Niz has been coaching since he was 17. Actually, he knew he wanted to be a coach when he was in the fifth grade. In 2016, Coach Niz went from the head JV coach at his alma mater to become an assistant coach for Coach Taylor Langley at Michigan Dearborn. Coach Langley is currently the head coach at Graceland University. And at the age of 22, Coach Niz was named the head coach at Roseville High School. At Roseville, Coach Niz was the youngest head coach in the state of Michigan. During his four years as a high school coach, Coach Niz guided the program to three district titles and the school's first regional championship while winning close to 60 games. Coach Niz is also coached at the AAU level with the family and the Michigan Warriors. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I admire podcasts such as Slapping the Glass, Coaching You, Rising Coaches, Basketball Immersion, The Field of 68, and on and on and on. All are so good, and they all talk to so many incredible head coaches. However, right now, at my stage of my life, to hear young coaches tell their story truly inspires me. NAIA, Division II, Division Three, mid-major assistant coaches, and now JC coaches, Coach Niz is another great example. I just keep thinking to myself, could I, at 27, even articulate my coaching philosophy and leadership thoughts like Coach Niz? To me, it is just so darn impressive. And I have listened to this podcast a few times now. Coach Niz is really good. His focus on getting his current players better is excellent. However, there is a level of maturity in this podcast, again, for a 27-year-old coach that truly makes me smile. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the 
bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. By the way, if you need summer gear ASAP, check out my show notes below and connect with Moneyball Sportswear today. Enter the promo code DRO and gear up. And if you need a new book to read this summer, I highly recommend the book Deep, The Life of Rob Murphy, Alive with Purpose. See my show notes for how you can secure a copy of this amazing book by Coach Murph. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Coach Hassan Nizam and tell his story. Coach Niz, why do you coach? Coach, I appreciate you having me on. And, you know, I will start off by saying the reason why I coach is because of the positive impact my coach has had on me and other student athletes. And I want to have that same impact on the next generation. Sports played a big role in my upbringing and in my, uh, in my childhood coming up and wanting to be able to do the same thing and having a love for the game of basketball and combining that with a passion for trying to get the most out of people and helping them achieve their goals. It was, it was something that I was very passionate about from a young age, and here we are. Getting the most out of people. Break that down for me. You know, just building relationships with your players. I think today's day and age, it's a big part of what we do, and a lot of times, you know, people say kids change and nowadays, but I think they haven't changed. I think, you know, we just have to still have those same expectations for them and still kind of coach up the little details on and off the floor and just be there for them. You know, be positive role models and, and be mentors for them and make it more than about just basketball. And kind of always felt like uh, the stronger those relationships are, the uh, easier it is to get the most out of you on the floor and help you accomplish your goals. So you're 27 years old. You're the head coach at Macomb Community College. You're fresh off a Michigan Junior College State Championship. You have experience at the high school level and the AAU level. You just appeared on the Rising Coaches podcast. You are for sure a rising coach, my friend. Love all this. You know, you touched on this at the beginning about some coaches making an impact in your life. Coach Niz, who truly inspired you to coach? You know, Kevin, my high school coach, he played a big role in that. But even before getting to high school, watching my uncles coach at different levels, whether it was middle school, high school, junior college, and going to their practices and games at a young age, I just, just kind of fell in love with it, man. And, you know, being in locker rooms and at practices and just watching how teams were built and how those relationships were formed and the ebbs and flows of the season and, and everything like that, I just, just fell in love with it from a very young age. And, you know, in elementary school, I used to have a, a book, one of my teachers actually brought it up to me, one of my elementary teachers brought it up to me recently. It's like, you know, you used to have a playbook when you're in the fifth grade. Mm. Just being around it, growing up, having family members who coached and stuff like that. And I kind of just, just fell in love with it from a very young age and um, wanted, just, that's all I ever wanted to be was a basketball coach. That's pretty cool. So let's talk about this journey. So you started off, if I'm correct, around 17 or 18, you just jumped right in. Like, I think this would be helpful for younger coaches. Talk to me when you started to really coach and how did you get your foot in the door? You know, when I first started to coach, I went back to my high school coach and I, I told him, I said, you know, I was supposed to play basketball in college at the NAI level, but really just wanted to get into this. And at the time I was uh, like during my junior and senior year of high school, I was working camps and coaching youth leagues in the community and just getting myself prepared for when an opportunity came as I got older. But once I first got started, I think the biggest thing for me was just getting to meet people and going to different practices. You know, Coach Nate Oates was at Romulus at the mm -hmm. time when I was coaching at Dearborn Forest, and I used to 
Love going over there. We were in the same league, so any chance I got to watch them work and learning from them and going to different college practices and going to as many clinics as I can, you know, whether it was the PGC coaching clinics or BCAM or, you know, nowadays a lot of that stuff is online, but before just getting out and just going, going to different people's gyms and introducing yourself and, and, and learning and, and trying to grow as best as possible. And then, you know, just being out there, you know, as a young coach, I went from uh, being a high school coach in the, in, in the winter to transitioning to AAU in the spring and summer and then coming back in the fall for workouts and it just it, it just didn't stop. So I think putting yourself in the arena, putting yourself in those situations where you're learning from your situations hands-on, but also seeking that knowledge because there's so much of it out there. There's so many great coaches in Metro Detroit at all levels that I was able to take advantage of and learn from. And I think those opportunities, they came around to help me because as I got a little bit older as a coach, I had those experiences, but I also was able to see more. So just, I would say the biggest thing is don't get stuck in your gym. You know, if you're coaching somewhere, you're an assistant coach somewhere, that's great. But also get out there and see because there's so much knowledge. You really don't know what you don't know until you get out there and find out. And, you know, every year that I've coached, I've been able to learn more and more and really learn what I don't know. So I think networking and learning and constantly trying to evolve your your knowledge for the game and it's only going to help you as a coach. It's only going to help your student athletes that you're coaching. And those things are really important for me coming up and are, are still important for me. How much of an impact did Coach Taylor Langley make in your young coaching career? It was a, a, a huge impact. You know, I really uh, appreciate Coach Taylor, and we still talk all the time. Now he's at Graceland Universities, mm-hmm. recruit some of our players here in Macomb sometimes. And, you know, it was a funny story how I met Coach. You know, I was a JV coach at uh, Dearborn Fortin, and, he had just taken over the job at, at U of M Dearborn and there was graduation commencements in his gym. So he reached out to our varsity coach at Fortin and wanted to host an open gym. So a coach told me, he said, hey, U of M Dearborn's coach is coming in for an open gym. I need you to kind of just be there and watch it. So I just sat down with him. We talked for hours and shortly after that, he offered me a job and, and then the rest was kind of history. I was able to go there and, and learn hands-on from a, a coach who had a lot of experience at the college level. He, he he was an assistant at Davenport for a really long time before he took over at U of M Dearborn. So I got to learn about what they did at Davenport and what coach implemented at U of M Dearborn and how he was able to turn that program into a winner. And he still, you know, helps me to this day. You know, he's a McComb Monarch alumni. He played basketball here. So we have, still have that connection. And he was very excited about me taking over this program. And coach is great, man. I learned a lot from Coach Langley in the short time I spent with him. If you are a Division I men's basketball program and in need of an MTE for this upcoming season, I would highly suggest you connect with Jacob Rittenhauer and Darren Sorensen ASAP. In my opinion, Jacob and Darren are as good as they get when putting together multiple team-exempt tournaments. Former D1 high-level coaches themselves, Jacob and Darren, understand the dynamics of college basketball scheduling. Please reach out to me, and I will connect you with Jacob and Darren in regards to the Jersey Mike's St. Pete Classic. St. Petersburg in December, high-level games to get your team ready for conference play. Also, never a bad thing to be in the Tampa Bay region in mid-December. In addition, the 2022 Jersey Mike's Jamaica Classic has a loaded field this upcoming season. I can't wait to watch the TV coverage this November. The 2023 and 2024 Jersey Mike's Jamaica Classics are also looking for high-level BCS programs who want big-time televised matchups 
And oh yeah, the wonderful beaches of Montego Bay. Finally, if you are a women's division one basketball program, Jacob and Darren are working hard on getting your program to Jamaica very soon. Let's just say, put 2023 on your calendars, women basketball programs. Contact me at tellmeyourstorycoach at gmail.com and I will connect you with Jacob and Darren immediately. Yeah, high level coach. High level league, that NAIA league, the whack is just off the charts. Coaches are incredible. When I was at Eastern Michigan, went against Taylor a couple times. Man, a guy can coach. All right. So when I was at Eastern Michigan, I saw your coach of your high school team maybe four or five years ago, and you were young, but your energy was incredible. And I remember coming back and telling Coach Murphy and our coaching staff that I just saw this young man coach, and it was almost undescribable. Where does this passion come from on the bench? Yeah, I think early on the passion came from a little bit of inexperience. You know, you're a little bit fired up getting thrown in the fire like that. So I've been able to reel it in over the years, but just overall, you know, I got the the good part of the passion. It all came from my dad. You know, I, my dad's been a baker for 30 years now, and just the, the the passion he shows up to work with every single day. And I know he's doing what he loves in his profession, and I'm doing what I love in my profession. And so I kind of was able to feel that part of it, you know, just showing up every single day, excited to be the best you can and put a good product out there. And that combined with just having a love for the game of basketball and just kind of put me in that situation where you just wake up every day fired up, man. And said, by, you know, just coaching basketball is something that I try not to take for granted because it's ultimately a blessing. Like I've been coaching since I graduated high school and I've never felt like I had a real job. So mm. I think that's where a lot of the passion and fire came from and being able to show that to our guys every single day, whether it's practice or behind the scenes in practices or in games and just showing them that, hey man, if you're loving what you're doing, show up every single day and give it everything you got. You know, I was just at the Michigan team camp the other day and I was walking around. It's been a long time since I've been in that environment and it kind of hit me again that I was just blown away by the high level of coaching coaching and caring guys were coaching really really hard and it was the middle of june talk to me about what your mindset was when you were a high school coach uh, my mindset when i was a high school coach was all about how we could best build the program and speaking particularly about june you know that was a time where you wanted to coach guys hard you wanted to use it as a platform to teach 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 and if you won some games that was great too you know we all get competitive in the moment but you know, whether it was bringing freshmen and sophomores who didn't have any varsity experience and having them playing in the summer and letting them learn. There's a great deal of respect I have for high school coaches because you're not only coaching your varsity team, you got your feeder system, your ninth grade, your JV, and you're, you're constantly trying to teach and coach and develop and you're trying to build. Like the biggest thing for me was having a strong culture in our program. So the summertime was, you know, let's say we just graduated seven players and we got a, a bunch of uh, new guys coming up and you really want them to, you really want to use those dates in June to implement not only your offense and defense, but to implement your culture. And for us, you know, our, our mindset, our culture was about, you know, playing hard, playing smart, being great teammates, you know, just little things like when, when guys get subbed out of the game, running off the floor, everybody on the bench getting up and, and shaking their hands, or when somebody hits the floor, spring to pick them up, you know, all the little things that might not have anything to do with the actual scheme of the game, but that's kind of what I like to use the summer for. And, you know, we had some success with it because when you get to the fall and into the winter and you start trying to reestablish those things, they're not new. It's kind of who your identity was and, and what you're trying to build off of. I will say I have a great deal of respect for the 
high school coaches in Michigan, man, those guys do a really, really great job uh, from the bigger schools to the smaller schools. Like you could just tell even this summer from, from everything that I saw, guys are out there and they're passionate and they're really trying to develop these guys. So I have great respect for your junior college conference. 20 years ago when I was at the University of Detroit, I used to be a staple at Mott with Coach Schmidt at Schoolcraft with Coach Briggs. And it's awesome to see how you and your staff have taken the reins with McComb and obviously had great success. And then over at Henry Ford, those guys are doing incredible work. I mean, there's some other programs in your state that are doing really, really well. Coach Niz, what is junior college basketball to you right now? You know, first off, I I couldn't agree more, Kevin. You know, there's a ton of programs in our league. The Eastern Conference, Western Conference do a great job with, with their programs. They recruit, they not only recruit great players, but they bring them in, they develop them, they move them on. You know, to me, junior college is basketball. It's like the platform. It's a situation where guys are here for different reasons. You know, it could be because the transfer portal affected them or the COVID stuff or could be a million different reasons why they're here, but everybody has a story. Just like this podcast, tell me your story, coach. Like every junior college player can tell you their story and everyone's is, is, is different. So to me, I like to look at it like a like a trampoline, man, and, and a platform. And we can bring guys in here. And not only can we help them achieve their basketball dreams, whether it's playing at the Division One, Division Two level, like those opportunities are still here for you. A ton of D1 programs and D2 programs and even NAI love coach, uh, recruiting JUCO kids because they know that they're going to come out of JUCO more mature and just ready for that level because it's not easy. You know, junior college basketball is not easy. It's a high-level competition and night in and night out. To me, so it's a platform for growth. You know, you're, I tell recruits and their families all the time, like, you get to this level, yeah, you have the opportunity to showcase yourself in front of four-year coaches, but you're also taking major steps towards your associate's and bachelor's degree. Um, you're learning what it is to be a student athlete. You're learning valuable life lessons. You're, you're building relationships, you know, more times than none, you're staying close to home and giving family and friends an opportunity to come see you play maybe before you go off to a university that may be further. So I think there's so many advantages, but to me, it means a lot to me. You know, as a high school coach, we had sent a few kids to junior college level. and I think it's what they needed, you know, and, and maybe five, 10 years ago was a situation where if, if uh, student athletes were non-academic qualifiers, they needed JUCO. But now, you know, with the landscape of recruiting, more guys need it. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I think junior college basketball, when you really look into it, is a, is a great platform for guys. And, you know, for me personally, I love it because I feel like I'm right in the middle. You know, you're still recruiting high school young men and their coaches and building those relationships. And then you're also helping your guys get recruited by coaches at the four-year level. So from a networking standpoint and a relationship standpoint, it's the perfect situation to be in. From a helping student athletes achieve their goals, it's a great spot because you could come here for one year. You could come here for two years. I love that they have those options. And I love the fact that you're playing for something bigger in terms of the level you want to be at. But at the same time, you're taking, you come in here as a freshman, you're taking your prerequisite courses, you're taking classes that are going to transfer with you to the university level. You know, by the end of your first year of junior college, you should be halfway done with your associate's degree, a quarter of the way done with your bachelor's degree. To me, that's huge, you know, and I talk to guys all the time, like, listen, we're going to do everything we can to get you where you want to be. But one of those major goals has to be getting a bachelor's degree by the time you're 21, 22, 23 years old. And we're obviously getting a uh, jump start here. And sometimes, like for me personally, growing up, I didn't play junior college basketball, but even in high school, basketball kept me focused 
I'm the academic. Like, mm. I love being in the gym a lot more than I like being in science class, but I knew that I had to get good grades to play basketball and, and stay on the floor. So uh, that part of it, too, as well, is, is keeping those guys focused and, you know, bringing in guys that are goal-oriented, that want to – I don't want to bring guys in that – junior college is going to use them. I want them to use junior college as a platform to grow and evolve and, and change their life for generations to come. So knowing that you have this one or two year window, how do you approach getting guys better on the court in this short time period? Higher emphasis on skill development. You know, I think, you know, some in, in today's day and age, a lot of times, even four year level, seems like everyone's at places for one or two years, but with the junior college model, it's a little bit of a shorter time period, obviously. And we want to bring guys in in the summer, get them enrolled in a summer class so we can work with them in the summer up to eight hours a week. So we can really definitely take advantage of that time. You know, right now we're in that time period where we want to focus heavily on shooting, ball handling, finishing, footwork, speed and agility, weightlifting. And right now it's all about the individual and how we can get them into training camp, the best version of themselves. The summertime is a big deal for us from when they sign to when fall semester starts. And then with our approach, even during the season, you know, every day we're doing a minimum of 30 to 40 minutes of skill development in practice. You know, and that doesn't include what guys are doing with our assistant coaches before or after practice, but every single day throughout the season, whether we have a championship game the next day or whether, you know, we're off for two weeks in terms of games, Every day is, is we have built-in skill development and we're working with guys and we're trying to help them become a better version of themselves because the way I look at it as well, 99% of the players that we have were already seen by college coaches at the four-year level, whether it had been AAU or high school. So our philosophy is to the guys of like, look, we're doing what we're doing. So the next time these guys see you, they could just flat out see this guy's better. This guy's been in the gym. He's been working. He's stronger. He looks quicker. He's, he's in better shape. So, yeah, the time is a little constrained, but we make sure that it's a big emphasis for us, whether it was the practice for the first game of the season or the practice before our regional championship game last year. Skill work and player development is the most important thing for us here at McComb. Where did that mindset come from and how do you guys approach like shooting? Like how do you guys get better, get your guys to become better shooters? With shooting, you know, we take the approach where sometimes we early on, especially we're working with guys on technique and all the little details and individually working with them. And then we do a lot of goal oriented drills, you know, drills that I've been able to steal from coaches over the years that kind of gauge a shooter, whether it's 50 and four or 33 and three or just full portion, like just different drills where Mm -hmm. uh, we track them. We track the data, we track the scores and you know, week in and week out, we do a bunch of stuff and, you know, we, we utilize our shooting machine, but we got a lot of drills that we use to gauge where you're at and kind of keep them motivated. Like, ah, today I made 48 in this drill. I want to come back later on and, and beat it. So I think taking that approach and keeping competition with yourself involved in that stuff keeps it fresh and keeps it motivating. But as well as like having, you know, having Tyler Johnson, who was one of the best NJCA shooters of all time, I think that, that definitely helps a lot with his expertise and working with guys in, in that department. But this mindset of skill development, how did this become like the forefront of how you approach your program? For me, because when I first started coaching, whether it was being an assistant at Dearborn 14 or U of M Dearborn, that's kind of that. That was my role. You know, I was the guy who worked out with players and, and particularly the guards. Coming into coaching, that was my job. You know, work. I was the youngest guy on staff. It was like that's what I did. I worked guys out. So I told myself when I became a head coach, and I was fortunate to do so at a young age. There were certain things I wasn't going to change. You know, I was still going to be the guy who was there first and there last, and 
work out the players and got on the court with them as much as possible. It's kind of what got me into coaching, what my first role was. So kind of carried that with me. And then, you know, like early on watching Coach Beeline's practices at Michigan and workouts and the attention to detail that they had in their player development and how important it was, whether it was passing, catching, just everything that they focused on. I kind of was like, I just love this stuff. Like at the end of the day, like plays don't work unless players are executing the fundamentals. So that's kind of the approach I took. Like everything we did was going to be based on developing our guys and making sure they're in good position to be successful. If I came to Macomb game and I plan to come to a few this year, like how do you guys play? You know, defensively, we're in the gaps. You know, we, we try to play hard. We try to take our defensive approach off of our field goal percentage defense, which we were fortunate to be top five in the country in that department last year. We like to, you know, we don't press as much at this level as we did in high school, but defensively, we like to get after it. We like to make you uncomfortable. We like to force you into contested twos, ideally, on possession, run people off the three-point line, especially with the way the game is trying to be played today. So we take pride defensively. We're going to outwork you. We're going to play hard. We're going to make it tough to ever get scored on in transition. We're going to be solid. We're going to communicate. We're going to be loud. And offensively, we want to play fast. We want to play free. But we also want to be really good at executing in the half court. You know, I think everyone talks about playing fast these days and and so do we but the biggest thing we talk about is we want to play fast never be in a rush you know we want to be in control at all times I think my staff does a great job coaching us off offensively making sure we're always in the right spots and always doing good stuff on that side of the ball we want to make sure that again kind of like that fundamental approach that we're, we're great at setting screens we're great at passing we're great at catching we value offensively we value the one mores you know it's something we count how many one mores do we make to open shooters we like to get in the paint get the two feet and play off the weak side two on ones that's kind of the goal of our offense is to create closeouts on the weak side of the floor and let guys make plays and then, you know, down the stretch, we want to be great at executing. It's something we take great pride in. We want to be able to we want to be able to win an up-and-down game. We want to be able to win a grind-out game that is played primarily in the half court. So that's kind of where we're at right now. But ultimately, we feel like we play hard. We play together. We take care of the ball. We rebound. We'll always be in great positions to win basketball games. Being loud, why is this a big standard for you guys? You know, I think communication is huge for us. Like, you know, if you, if you come and watch a McComb practice, I want you – or anybody comes and watches the McComb practice, I want them to leave and say, man, that was a loud, energetic practice. You know, I heard the old saying, a quiet gym is a soft gym. You know, I think communication's at the forefront. And talking for us is a big deal, not just like yelling out things, but actually having good dialogue on the floor. I heard something from Hubie Brown about five or six years ago. He said, mismatches don't beat you, miscommunications do mm. on the floor. So I think always being on the same page and communicating, and it's a big deal. So we, we try to start that at practice. Like there's always, and I'll stop practice at times, but guys, we're not talking enough. And, you know, come out and talk a little bit more, and guys, we're still not talking enough. And I just feel like there's always something to be said, whether you're at a practice at a game. There's always something you could say, whether it's letting somebody know your screen's coming right or you're on the midline or simply, hey, you're going to make the next one or just encouraging your teammate or holding them accountable. There's always something to be said. And we come out sometimes in the first four minutes of the game and we're talking and we're energetic and we're we're there. Sometimes it's kind of demoralizing to your opponent when they just flat out know that you're not going to be outworked on that night. You know, you talk about communication. Like, how do you communicate with your guys off the floor? Like, how do you create these personal connections, these relationships? Yeah, I think the biggest thing with that is looking at them like they're people. They're not just basketball players, you know, and building genuine relationships and getting to know them down to their core. I think if you don't know somebody's story, you can't really coach them. 
So getting to know their story, their background, their experiences, what they've gone through, you know, what makes them tick, you know, experiences that they've had on and off the floor. I mean, each kid is a little bit different. You know, there's there's some guys you get to know them and you realize that you could really get on them, you could really push them to get the best out of them. And there's some guys you just got to take a different approach. So I think that's where it starts, building those genuine relationships. Like I tell my players all the time, like, I'll feel like if we do a good job with you and we do right by you, you know, we're going to get a wedding invite one day. We're still going to be a part of your life later on. Like to us, that's what it's all about. So I think taking the approach of, look, like it's not before we're coach and player, we're human being to human being. So meeting at that level and keeping it at that level. Like I'm not above you just because I'm your coach. You're not below me just because you're a player. Like we're here and I'm here to serve you. And that to me, that starts with building a strong relationship, getting to know you and then, you know, spending quality time off the floor together. We try to do that in our program as best as we can. We were out of town for two weekends playing in the Juco live period. And we tried to do as much as we can off the court. You know, we got a whole new group of guys coming in and, trying to mesh and, and get to know each other and spend some quality time off the court. I think that goes a long way with it. You know, I want to circle back to this energy and you talked about maybe changing it a little bit over the years in terms of calming down a little bit, but like, how do you balance it now knowing where you were at times before and slowing down and, and trying to be a little bit more calm for you guys? Yeah, I think uh, time and situation and time and place is big with that. I, you know, I've kind of taken the approach of the last couple of years of telling our guys like, Coaches win practices, players win games. Like the, the practices are, are our platform to, to prepare you guys, and the games are your platform to go showcase what we've worked on and what you're capable of. And I think if you're hoorah, hoorah all the time, guys will just tune you out. So I think uh, balancing that and, and knowing when to bring it and when they got to bring it, you know, there's times when in our summer practices where I wanted to come out and bring a lot of energy, but I didn't want to bail bum out. I said, you know what? I kind of didn't say anything for the first 10, 12 minutes of practice and kind of see where they were at. And by minute three, four, I think they realized that. And then they started talking a little bit more. So I think empowering them um, most of the time is, is better. And then, you know, if we're talking game situation, like staying calm for guys in the moment. Like if we're up by 10 and the team goes on an, an 8-0 run and we're playing through it, it's just kind of, you know, just to be calm and, let them make plays and figure it out. And so for me, it's like be what they need in that moment. You know, sometimes they might need a, a voice to push them. Sometimes they might need a, guys, we're okay. You guys are doing fine out there. Just keep playing. You know, sometimes we're playing really hard, but we're not making shots, but we're getting great shots. And sometimes that's all I need to hear. Like, guys, you're, we're getting stops. We're creating great shots for each other. Just stick with it. The shots will fall. You know, sometimes you're not playing hard and, you're not creating good offense for good shots and they kind of got to hear that. So I think just time and place and situation. And I really like, for example, you know, the calmest coach I know is coach Samaha from Ann Arbor here on, I mean, I definitely envy that. I mean, coach could be in any type of situation and he's got his poker face on and he'll let his players know when he needs to let them know something, but that's something that I look up to and respect a lot from coach Samaha. Yeah, high-level coach there. You know, just thinking about all the games that you coach, you know, obviously high school head coach, junior college head coach, but being a head coach at the JV level and then an AAU coach, Michigan Warriors and the family. Coach Niz, all this time, like, coaching, calling plays, like, how much did all that prepare you for right now? It prepared me tremendously. You know, even when I got the job at Roseville High School and it was, like, first-year head coach, but 
when I had coached our first game of the season, it felt like I had coached a few hundred games to head coach. And that was the fortunate side that I had of being a year-round coach and getting those end-game reps and learning. I mean, there's been so many situations where you, you think back at, man, what was, what was I thinking here? Or I should have did this or I could have did this. And I don't think those thoughts would be there if I didn't have those opportunities. So it, it definitely prepared me because I've been in those situations where you have to call the timeouts, where you have to walk into halftime down 15 and have the right things to say or walk into halftime up to scheme, have the right things to say and just the different scenarios and being down five for the minute left or, you know, having to prepare for a team like Henry Ford last year that had a few D1 players and coming up with a game plan to beat them and executing that game plan. And, you know, so all my past experiences of being a head coach, you know, that's something that I'm really grateful for. You know, sometimes I think back like, how different would it be if I came out of high school and when I was a student at Eastern, I remember seeing a flyer that they were looking for a basketball manager. And I'm like, ah, do I want to do this or do I want to stay being the JV coach at Dearborn Force? And so sometimes I ask myself, like, what situations or what could I have learned differently if I went a different route? But I wouldn't trade my experiences for the world because, like, when I got my first college head coaching job here, I felt not saying that I felt like I've arrived because you've never arrived, but I felt like the past experiences as an AAU coach at the 16U, 17U level and coaching high school basketball and being in some pretty intense situations against some great coaches and against some great players. And that's the biggest thing I will say, Kevin, like I was able to learn from a lot of mistakes that I made. You know, sometimes coming up, if you were an assistant, you're learning from some of the things that your head coach is doing, you know, whether it's things that work or things that don't work, that's, that's good too. But knowing that at times I made those mistakes, you know, I might've did something that cost us a game or did something that helped us win the game, you know, regardless, you just kind of learn from those things. And that definitely helped me this year and, and helped me come in feeling confident, and prepared for, to lead our men this year. You know, I love your current approach to social media. Obviously you're advocating Macomb, your players, your program, your assistants, but you also do a really nice job of advocating coaches that are your peers. And that takes a lot of guts. I don't think at 27, I would be so open and supportive of other people my age, you know, advancing in this profession. I applaud you for this. Why are you so supportive of other young coaches? Something that I talk to my players about all the time, you know, whether it's a, a, another player in our program that's doing well or getting some love, you know, show them some love, man. You know, even if it's somebody not in our program, you know, so from that perspective, I think with coaching, I think coaching is a big fraternity and having relationships with all those guys like i want to see people succeed because i know how hard those guys work i'm in the business as well and i know how hard we have to work to be successful here i know how hard other guys are working and it's, it's a hard business so when you see somebody catch a break it's a rewarding feeling even when it's, it doesn't have to be in my perspective you know it doesn't have to be me you know just seeing guys put in that work and it coming along and i'm getting those opportunities and me being excited for them like that's something that i feel really really good about like i I want to see guys be successful, especially not only because I have relationships with them, like at a friendship level, but also because I know the time and effort that they spend on their craft and helping their head coaches be successful and helping their players be successful. As you know, Kevin, there's a lot that goes into this game behind the scenes that nobody really knows about, whether you're a you know GA or an assistant or regardless of what your role is, like guys are putting in work. So to see guys catch those breaks and get rewarded, it's a gratifying feeling. And I try, wish I could show them more love, you know, but also I know how hard it is, you know, to cut real business and 
you know, sometimes we see guys get jobs and sometimes we see guys' lives get changed a little bit because sometimes when a head coach is let go, it affects more than just the head coach. So there's that side of it. And I think that side of it helps me appreciate the other side of it when young coaches are getting these opportunities and getting chances to showcase what they can do. So, of course, you want to win and build a program at Macomb. But big picture, how are you currently networking? You know, for me, networking is an important part of what we do because regardless of what comes out of those relationships from a professional standpoint, you know, whether it's building relationships or for your coaches so they can players or just meeting coaches to learn from them and build those relationships. I think the biggest thing is those relationships last. Like we had a player here last year that uh, had about 24 Division One offers, and obviously he was only able to pick one school. But the relationships that we were able to build with those other coaching staffs, and you know that goes back to what we talked about earlier with the coaches and the players, like we're human beings first. So you know, kind of just building those relationships, building those friendships, it's big. And for me, building relationships with coaches all across the country, being an AAU coach, so from AAU level to high school level to JUCO level to the four-year level thing network is a big thing you know every job that you get you got to be in some type of position where your network helps put you in the door you got to earn it but your network will help in those situations so that's a big part of it as well and i think to me right now in the now the biggest positive part of that is the network that we build is going to help our student athletes at macomb you know what if i'm at an aau event and run into a coach and he says, coach, we're looking for a point guard. And we have one more scholarship available. And I'm, oh, yeah, well, here's my guy's film. You know, let me know what you think. All my networking is kind of centered around building those relationships that will continue to grow into the future as well as how could I help the young men at Macomb get where they want to go and a lot of times those relationships allow that opportunity to be there because now those coaches want to come to Macomb in the fall and check out our guys and, hey, you know, they might like some of them. So the networking has been a tremendous help for me and for our program. So I always end the podcast. What are some simple tips for young coaches? Put your head down and work hard. You know, if, if you're an assistant, you know, work really hard to make your head coach look really good. You know, be a servant leader, serve those players and expect nothing in return. Just do it out of because it's the right thing to do and, and those guys deserve it. And, and also like going back to the networking thing, networking is very important. Like said it a little bit earlier on the pod, don't get stuck in your gym, you know, get out there and, and meet people and shake hands and introduce yourself. And anytime there's a, any type, type of function, whether it's the Horatio Williams event downtown or uh, signing up for stuff like rising coaches or reaching out to a coach after you hear him speak on the Telling Your Story Coach podcast, just to introduce yourself to get to know the guy or show up to somebody's practice or you know reach out to Coach Campia Oakland, Coach, when are your workouts? Like, do those things. Don't be afraid. Coaches love when guys come watch your practices and stuff like that and they'll be most coaches are willing to help you grow so it's a double whammy you know you go watch a high school or college practice not only are you being able to take in some of that knowledge and learn more but you're also putting yourself in a situation where you're building relationships with people and to me that's the most important part you know and then comparison is the theft of joy you know for in any walk of life but in coaching you know don't look at anybody else's journey you know you go go to be a doctor there's a specific route that you have to take to become a doctor you know as a coach regardless of where you're at your impact is the most important thing everybody wants to be one job or to get to the top of the, the profession but at the end of the day i always say you know it would be great but if you're able to coach for a long time and impact others like that's a, a life well lived and it's a blessing within itself so you know, don't compare can you know all that stuff just kind of run your own race and focus on your players and your program and your mission and your journey 
and, and make the most out of it every single day and be the best version of yourself and, and do more, do more for these young men. You know, in today's day and age, like the world is kind of shaky at times and these guys, they need us. They need us more than ever in that role. So just be there, be present, be where your feet is at and good things will happen for you in the long run. So Coach Niz, my favorite podcasts are with younger coaches. I'm sure you're only 27, but you've been doing this since you are 17. The other thing too, is I've been trying to eliminate labels in coaching. And I mean, coaches, to me, coaches can coach at any level. And this podcast today proves that obviously you've been doing this at a high level for a long time. And indeed coaches can coach wherever you can tell that coaching is truly your passion. You know, I love that you mentioned your dad's a baker and I hope your dad gets to listen to this because I know he's going to be very, very proud. I love that you're constantly working on your craft and I appreciate you taking some time to inspire some other young coaches. Absolutely. And I appreciate you having me on. It means a lot, Kevin. That was a great conversation with Coach Hassan Nizam. And here are some things that I love that Coach Niz said. And why does Coach Niz coach? Positive impact that my coaches have made on me growing up. I wanted to be able to do the same thing. I'm getting the most out of people. Be there for them. Make it more than just basketball. And Coach Niz's coaching journey. He had a playbook in the fifth grade. Started working camps as early as 17 years old. He was the head JV coach at Dearborn Fortson rather than being a student manager. And how he watched Coach Nate Oates at Romulus High School and learned from Coach Oates. So tremendous how Coach Nate Oates has made such an impact in the Michigan area. On his passion, he models this passion from his dad, a baker now for over 30 years. Coach Niz wakes up every day fired up. And I show that passion to my guys every day. What is junior college basketball to Coach Niz? Everyone has a story. Coach Niz looks at junior college as a trampoline, and it's a platform for growth. You are playing for something bigger in junior college. And I love his thoughts on the education component of being a junior college player. How about his high emphasis on skill development? Every day, 30 to 40 minutes of skill development all season long. He wants to help guys become a better version of themselves. Our goal when college coaches come in to see him again, this player is better. Love this. Did you hear the excitement in Coach Niz's voice when talking about how they play at Macomb? We're going to be loud. We want to play fast, but never in a rush. We value the one mores. Get in the paint and play off two feet and be great in executing in the half court. Again, on being loud. Quiet Jim is a soft gym. Love this quote from Hubie Brown. Miscommunication beats you. Guys, we are not talking enough. On how Coach Niz builds genuine off-the-floor relationships. Look at our players as people. We need to know their story. Getting a wedding invite one day is the goal. Human being to human being. I am here to serve you. I'm making changes to his own energy. Coaches win practice. Players win games. Stay calm for them in the moment, during the game. Be what they need in that moment. Again, great stuff. On how being a head coach prepared Coach Niz for right now. Felt his past experiences have helped him today. He learned from the mistakes that he made as a head coach. I made those mistakes. On how Coach Niz advocates other coaches. Show them love because guys are putting in work. It's a hard business. And it is a rewarding feeling to see others catch a break. And he wants other coaches to be successful. Network is about creating relationships. Human beings first. And for your next possible job, having a network helps put your foot in the door. The networks that Coach Niz builds right now, it is to help our current student-athletes at Macomb. Good stuff. And Coach Niz's simple tips for young coaches, put your head down and work hard. 
Be a servant leader. Expect nothing in return. Don't get stuck in your own gym. Again, really good. Thank you, Coach Niz, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. If you're looking for high-quality athletic gear this summer, check out Moneyball Sportswear. Click on the show notes below. Use the code DRO and shop away. And I can't say this enough. If you're looking for a great book to read this summer, you have to grab a copy of the book Deep, The Life of Rob Murphy, Alive with Purpose. See my show notes for how you can get a copy of this incredible book by Coach Murph. Stay safe. I can't say this enough. Be you. Keep coaching. And see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast. <laughs>